I wanted to take this moment to tell you about a program I am in that helps women navigate the journey of realizing their lesbians while in relationships with men. It's a 12-week support program called Coming Out on the Other Side. It is hosted by one of my early podcast guests, Emily Better. Some of the topics include the three stages of coming out later in life, understanding why you didn't figure this out sooner, and why this is so hard. You will go from being scared, confused, lacking confidence, hiding your true self, and feeling alone, guilty, and misunderstood, to overcoming fears, understanding and embracing who you are, being confident in yourself and your decisions, and ultimately being able to come out and live as your authentic self if and when you're ready. Learn more by going to thelatelifelesbian.com. Welcome to the Let's Be Honest podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John. My guest today is a late life lesbian. She was married to a man for 11 years, had a son with him, got divorced, came out as a lesbian, and is now married to the woman of her dreams. Welcome to the show, Emily Better. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to have you on. I actually found you on TikTok. I follow your page, the the late life lesbian. And then I was like on your website and I was like, you know what? She'd be a good guest to have on my show. You'll be one of my first episodes. So, awesome. <laughs> and I feel like based on the story that I've heard so far, your story is similar to mine. I don't have any kids, but aside from that factor, I feel like it's pretty similar. So I'd love for you to kind of share your story and that process of figuring out that you were lesbian and that whole divorce process. Mine really goes back to my ex-husband and him and I meeting, even kind of going back growing up. I don't know if this is similar for you, but I have found it to be the case for many of us. I was raised in a Catholic conservative family upbringing, no real exposure to homosexuality and any exposure I did have or heard about seemed to be pretty negative. So growing up, it was really just like never this idea in my mind that I could ever possibly be a lesbian or anything like that. Fast forward to I met my ex-husband when I was 18, so also very young, but started dating. And during the process of dating, I kept commenting on attractive women. At the time, I just thought, you know, I was this cool girlfriend who wasn't jealous and, you know, would notice attractive women and like comment. But my ex-husband was the one that ended up kind of calling me out on it and going, you do this a lot. Like, I'm with you. I'm happy with you. You know, you really comment on women a lot. He's like, are you, know, are you sure that you maybe don't find women attractive yourself? And I, you know, was very quick to deny it. Oh, no, no, no. You know, I just thought they were pretty. I thought maybe you would think so too. But he was the first person to sort of give me this idea and like validate, you know, and saying like, you do realize that some people are attracted to both men and women and it's okay. And that's how you feel, how you feel. And that was like sort of what played at the seat and made me question myself. Like, you know, am I finding women attractive or I was just admiring their prettiness or whatever, you know? And so I started to kind of think more on this. And I think I started to realize I do actually think I'm attracted to women. But at the time, you know, I was young and I was with this man and I love this man. And Again, I don't know if you were raised this way, but I feel many of us were kind of also raised with this idea and this checklist that you meet a man, you get married, you have kids, like you said, like it's just this checklist and this timeline. And it was a good man. We had fun together and overall a good relationship. 
And so that was just where my mind was. This is how you do it. This is the process. Like you get married, you have kids, like you have a family. And this interest in women was just sort of this other part of me that was there. But as time went on, it just became more and more of this desire, this longing, this interest. It was inside of me and I guess it just wanted out, you know, once I kind of realized it, it was hard to push it away, you know, and for me, my process was for the longest time, I thought maybe I was bi because I felt, you know, I still love my husband and all of that. But I had this interest in women. And ultimately, in our marriage, we got to the point where it was becoming it was causing issues, causing conflict, things were going on. And we got to the point where we each sort of needed to figure things out. And he told me, he's like, look, you need to figure this out. He's like, you know, if we're going to make this work, if, you know, if there's any chance, he's like, you need to know for sure how you feel about women. He's like, so why don't we just, he's like, consider this like a hall pass. You figure you out, like what you really want. And we'll go, you know, kind of figure things out from there. So I went on an actual official date with a woman. I got on like dating app, connected with somebody, went out and... For me, I was like, I knew. I was like, I, this is this is what I want. This is the life I want to live. If I stay in my marriage, there's going to always be this longing and desire for a woman that he's never going to be able to satisfy for me. And that's not fair to either one of us. You know, he shouldn't stay in a marriage where his wife truly is wanting something else. And I felt like I shouldn't just sacrifice that as well. I like, I just don't feel like that's good relationship to have and then if we kept going it would probably create even more bitterness and animosity and resentment down the road so just decided that the best option would be to get divorced and to separate and live as our true selves so kind of long story i guess but <laughs> no it's very similar to my story i got married at 21 married for 18 years and definitely there were signs all along the way and so I, like you said, kind of identified as bi for mm -hmm. two decades, and he was totally cool with that and fine, whatever. But I just became, but I was never actually with a woman. Long story. And I'm going to actually do a solo episode. Well, by the time this episode goes out, I will have released the solo episode where okay. I explained the whole story. So I don't want to really rehash it for listeners, but we can talk about it later if you want to. But basically, long story short, something happened that made it very clear and mm -hmm. when i told him about it it was like well yeah it was his decision i was like i'll leave the ball in your hands or whatever yeah to make the decision on what you want to do and he's was kind of like i mean because i loved him and cared for him i still mm -hmm. do but it's kind of like you're always going to feel like there's something missing and you're not completely mm -hmm. satisfied emotionally romantically sexually whatever yes yeah so when y'all decided that then to get divorced, was he totally okay and supportive? I mean, I imagine he still was sad, of course, and you too. But what was that like? Yeah, yeah. I know for me, I talk about it so freely because this was like a little over five years ago now, which is crazy. But yeah, I mean, there was definitely sadness and definitely the grief. It's a big thing that I talk with people about that when you go through this, you still mourn this loss of this life and this relationship that you had. And like I said, kind of like you, there were some other things going kind of like contributed to all of this. And we were both sad, but I think like we've always both been very logical people to where we both knew this was the right thing. Sometimes it's hard to go back to those moments. Yeah. I mean, 
overall for us, it was pretty easygoing. You know, we had our moments, we had our upset. I mean, because emotions can get high, but we knew it was the right thing. Our divorce was easy. We sat down together. We had a lawyer just basically file the paperwork for us, you know, but we wrote out our divorce plans and our parenting plan and agreed to what we wanted to do for our son with custody. And we had our upsets and our little spats, you know, about things because it was different and everything was changing. And we had to find out, get into a new normal of a routine of shared custody and all of that. But I would say that thankfully he and I remain very mature about it. And to this day, we're still really good friends. We're still close. We still hang out and he has a girlfriend now and my wife and I love her and think she's great. He was actually at my wife and I's wedding, which was just a handful of our family. He's just kind of become our family. So thankfully for us, it's been very, very good and very amicable. But I do know it's not the case for everybody. So my wife does not have relationship with her ex-husband so yeah because she's a late life lesbian too so oh okay yeah oh interesting okay yeah i mean i love that for you that it was uh, amicable and mm -hmm. that you're still friends and everything and of course with co-parenting i mean i guess you have to be civil to a certain level anyway but the fact yeah. that you're that he came to your wedding and you're hanging out and all this stuff and i guess that probably could be t expected to some degree just because he was kind of the one that prompted you or encourage you to explore this and figure it out. So, which I do think is a little different my situation versus a lot of other situations because this was something that my ex-husband was somewhat aware of throughout our entire relationship. He knew, you know, cuz he was the one to bring it to attention. Whereas I do know so many women go through it where their husbands have no idea. It's something that they're holding inside that, you know, they haven't had a conversation about and many men get sort of blindsided by this and I do sometimes wonder if that sort of softened the blow to some degree he'd already accepted the fact I had this interest in women it was just more so now going oh okay this interest is actually so strong that she wants to go be with a woman but so it is a little different than I do know a lot of women have gone through yeah and that makes sense like he's already kind of been processing it in a way for however many years a decade or whatever so how did it go over with your son so he was really little he was more just about to turn five because he started kindergarten that august of after we separated and it was good we were very honest with him that's a question i get a lot with women going through this is how do i tell my kids and my biggest piece of advice with that is you just have to be honest, honest at an age appropriate level. But as parents, we want our children to be honest with us. So how can we expect that if we're not going to be honest with them? And so we did. Once we 100 percent knew we were separating, like we were in the process of doing the divorce stuff, we sat down with them and we were just like, hey, buddy, we just want to talk to you. We want to let you know that mommy and daddy are no longer going to be married. Which what that means is we are going to be moving out of this house. We're going to be getting two different houses. So you will have two homes, like one with daddy, one with mommy. And the other part of that means that mommy and daddy might start dating other people. And daddy may end up having another woman around his house. But I said, but then mommy may also have another woman around her house. And I just put it in those terms for a four-year-old, almost five-year-old. I was like, we start throwing in gay, lesbian. He's going to be like, I don't know what any of that means. So over time, he 
he's 10 now, so he knows what all of it means. But at that age, he was just like, okay, great. Can I go play? You know, it was just sort of oblivious to the fact of it all. But once it became more real and we did move out and we did have separate houses and we did have custody exchanges, had his moments too of being sad and missing our old house and talking about missing us being together. But that is, again, where thankfully due to us being close, when he kind of had those moments, we would say, okay, well, maybe we'll just go have dinner as a family together. Maybe we'll get together and we'll do something as a family and all be together for a little while. And that would usually help him feel better about the situation. But it's emotional. It's hard for, for everybody. But I think that Again, being honest with your kids, talking about those emotions, validating those emotions. Yeah, but it's okay to be sad. Like you can be sad about this. It's a sad thing. Sometimes I get sad and miss parts of our life we used to have, but it's just part of life and things change and we move on. And you know, I think he's like in a really good place now. We have an easy boys schedule. And his biggest fight now is he has step siblings and he is was an only child for us and will probably not probably he will be our only biological child i'm not gonna have any more and his dad's not having any more children so he will not have any even half siblings but he has step siblings and complaints about them but that's kind of cool i think for having siblings anyway so Mm -hmm. and so maybe with him being so young that was actually a good thing because yeah probably was easier for him in that regard Mm -hmm. one thing that i do remember which was so cute and so sweet is that he did start to understand the word divorced but he would include himself in divorce he would say like well since we got divorced you know like (laughs) and he would include like like it was always this we got divorced type Mm -hmm. thing and so he was including himself in uh, conversation the context of it i was just like i thought it was a sweet like oh we all got divorced oh that's cute you've mentioned the word grief several times which i think is good to kind of cover because it's like even when you know that you're making the right decision to get divorced and to pursue your true self and all this stuff there's still that grief there of you feel like you're losing the life that you had envisioned Mm-hmm. And I guess there's grief in any divorce, but I don't know. It kind of seems like in this situation, it seems different. Almost like you feel bad for the husband in the story yeah. because you feel like, okay, they just wasted 10, 20 years of their life. Or that's how we think of it with someone who isn't even that intimate to begin with and didn't know it. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, definitely. And with that, grief and guilt are like two of the hardest things. And I think what the hard part is with grief in this situation is that we feel grief, but then feel like we're not allowed to feel that way because we feel responsible for this happening. We feel the guilt and the responsibility of being the reason that our marriage is failing. So we feel like we're not allowed to grieve. We're not allowed to be sad. Or something else that's totally normal is, you know, this grief of like missing your husband, missing your ex-husband. And then I think that gets into a lot of women's heads and go, wait, why am I missing this man? I'm saying that I'm a lesbian. I'm saying I want to be with a woman. So I shouldn't be missing this man. Or if the ex-husband or husband starts to move on, we start to think something. This didn't happen for me. I was actually never, I was happy for him. But some women I do know 
almost like got jealous of the husband moving on. But then again, would second guess and question themselves, be like, why am I being jealous? Like, why well, shouldn't feel this way? And then second guess and question, and, well, does this mean that I actually am a lesbian? So there's so many extra emotions that I feel go on with this process. But like anybody listening that's going to tune in in a situation, it's it's all very normal. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't mean that you're not right about your sexuality or maybe you're bi instead of a lesbian. It's just part of the grieving process. And you're allowed to grieve. You're Even though you feel responsible, you're allowed to grieve and you need to grieve because it's still a loss and it's still just a process you have to work through to, like you said, like leave a life, leave what you had envisioned because no matter what, we all created a vision of what we thought our lives were going to be and what we thought they were going to look like in the marriage to the man. But all of that has changed. And it's scary because we're potentially moving out and going out on our own and we haven't lived that way. And so it's scary and it's normal to miss the safety and security that you had in that relationship. And very often I feel like it's that you miss the predictability, you miss the safety, you miss feeling secure. And now you've been thrown into this mix of not really knowing what your future is going to look like. Are you going to meet somebody? How are you going to make it on your own by yourself when you've been used to, in most situations, either the husband being the breadwinner or a two-income household, and now you're dropping down to just a one-income household? And so there's so many fears that people have that make them question all of this, but then we still go back to going and telling ourselves, I'm not allowed to feel this way because it's my fault. But you are. And it's normal. And it's just part of the process. But we get there. You get there. Yeah, that's encouraging to hear because I, I basically everything you just said, I <laughs> felt at one point or another in the last couple months, the grief, the guilt, the it's my fault. It's wait, I'm missing him. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Just all of that. And then the whole fear, too, of it. Well, in my situation and probably yours, I went straight from living with my parents to being married and living with him at mm. 21 when I got married. Okay. Two-income household, married 18 years. And now, so for the first time in my life, literally, yeah. I'm living on my own, paying my own bills with my one income, which is significantly less than his income. <laughs> yeah. And just adjusting to all that. So that's a whole other kind of aspect as well. So yeah, the, I went through the same thing. So Okay, yeah. Yeah. So then how did your family handle it and maybe even your friends? Because you had mentioned that you grew up Catholic in a religious household. Mm -hmm. I grew up Baptist in a religious household, and I still consider myself a Christian and everything. So there's been that whole process of the whole reconciling. So I'm going through mm -hmm. the whole, all these books and stuff, like uh, to be an affirming position, basically. And now I'm looking for a church that falls in line with that. But anyway, so for the record, as of this recording... My family doesn't know. Okay. Pretty much all my friends know, most of whom have been fine with it. But my family, I'll get there. <laughs> yep. So I'm curious how it went with yours. Terrifying, but okay. And I kind of had to like come out because we were telling our family we're, we're getting divorced. And everybody was shocked because on the outside looking in, everybody just thought we were this perfect couple and had a great relationship. And so my mom was the first family member that I told. And I knew I was going to have to. And because and so we were out of dinner. It was just her and me. And my son was running around outside on a patio playing because he was before. And she was just like, 
I just don't understand. She's like, I just don't understand what could be so bad that you can't go to therapy, you can't go to counseling, that you can't work through this. She's like, you know, you guys have been so good together. I just don't understand why this has to end in divorce. And I was like, I knew that moment I had to tell her. I was like, I have to tell her because this will answer her question. I was like, I could, there's no amount of therapy or whatever that we could just change my sexuality and have me not truly want to be with a woman. And so I just told her, I said, well, that's because I actually want to be with a woman instead. And she did not see it coming. There was a small part of me that hoped my mom would have been like, I always kind of wondered, hoping that maybe, because I was really like, you really like, because all of a sudden, once I started, once I had this realization, I started looking back on my life. I was like, oh my gosh, there were so many signs. How did I not put this together? And I was hoping that maybe when she heard that, she would also kind of go, oh, a lot of things make sense now. But she was just like blind. So she was even like, well, you were kind of a tomboy, but I just, I was normal. It didn't mean anything. But overall, like, I'll talk about the grief and all of that from coming up to families too. But my mom was great when she was just like, well, I just want you to know that I still love you no matter what. And I am your mom and there's nothing you can do or say that will... It always makes me like tear up when I talk about this, but she's always like, you know, there's nothing you can do or say that will make me stop loving you. But she had to go through her own process too. But she had questions. She'd come back. She had to try to rationalize some of it. It was a, my parents were still together, but my dad was gone a lot. She's like, did you not have a strong enough father figure? Is this like because you weren't close enough to your dad? I was like, no, mom, it doesn't have to do with my dad. My dad was fine something happened to you that I don't know about with a man. I'm like, no, well, nothing ever happened with me with a man. This is just who I am. So she went and taught how to sit down with their priest, I think at some point and talked with him through it. And she got there. We went through the process too. Uh, when I started dating with men, she'd be like, oh, this is Emily's friend. And when she'd enter or we'd be around other people and even started from the process of being like, if you ever decide you're going to get married again to a woman, I don't know if I can be at your wedding due to my beliefs and I was just like you know my mom this is who I am and you can love me but I can also respect your feelings and your beliefs and but she was at my wedding she came around and she was there and now at this day she freely introduces my wife as my wife she talked on the phone I hear be like oh I'm hanging out with Emily and her wife or Emily and her wife are coming over to do this she's very So it's a process in the same way that we process, in the same way that we grieve. I think that within our families, a lot of times we need to give them the same grace to do that. So many people want and expect their families to just sort of welcome them with open arms and congratulate them. And some do, and that's great. But others, sometimes I just need time. We've been thinking of this for so long, for years at times, and we've been processing and think of how long it took us to come to accept ourselves and to make that decision to get divorced. And I think our families need that same time to process too. Because like you said, this this whole grief of mourning the life that you once had and sort of this expecting to be, families do the same thing. This is their, their son-in-law that have been part of the family, that have been at Christmas, that have been a part of the family. And now you're saying, hey, you know what? It's going to be over. And now is it not only going to be over, but I'm going to date a woman. It's a whole new thing for them to accept and to process and to feel okay with. And so I think that's just so important to 
give your families that grace and that space and let them go through their own grieving process. Because part of the grieving process can also be anger. So they might be upset and they might lash out to some degree at first. But when we realize that they've got to process through all those stages of grief, it's sometimes a little easier to give grace and give space for them to do that too. Yeah. In my family, they do know about the divorce, but there were, there's been other issues. There were other contributing factors, like just not being on the same page anymore and just a variety of things Mm -hmm. that they weren't kind of like with your family. It wasn't that. It wasn't like, I don't know. We weren't having other problems that we've been dealing with that they, yes. Yeah. So for that reason, I mean, sure, there are the other, the reasons that I gave them are valid and true. Mm-hmm. It's just that this is kind of the other factor that contributes to it to where the whole counseling thing and whatnot really isn't going to, because we did go to counseling for our other issues, yep. but counseling isn't really going to fix this. And so I haven't felt that immediate need to tell them like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made, made sense in your scenario. But like for me, I'm just trying to figure out when, how, and like, so you said you came out to your mom first and then after that with your dad and siblings, if you have any, how did that work? So my mom asked it because I think my mom and I are both like protective mothers, I guess. Like I always feel very protective of my son. Like I want to keep him safe. And I think my mom feels the same way about me. And she asked, do you want me to tell your father? Or like, could I tell him? And I was like, honestly, I don't care. Like if you want to tell him, you can. I was like, or I will. And then she did. And she told the rest because I said, well, my whole extended family is here. My grandparents, my aunts and uncles, my cousins, they're all here. And she told them. And I was like, that's fine. I honestly think part of that was her saying and maybe something that she felt she needed to do in the situation. And I was perfectly fine with it. So yeah. And it, it meaning it was okay. Like everybody that I saw was really kind of fine. It just sort of was like, okay, now everybody knows. But I have even had one of my aunts come up to me at the beginning where she was just like, you just seem so much happier. And she's like, and I just don't even think I realized that there was this difference. And she's but you just seem happier, freer. Your energy is different now than it used to be. And she's like, and that just makes me happy for you. That was really cool to hear. I do have another story I could share about my family, which is good because I think sometimes it goes into boundaries because I definitely feel like we need to have boundaries in a situation in all of this and to stand up for who we are so it was with my uncle and then my aunt we've been coming around and we do family stuff at their houses like we have fourth of July celebrations and all of that and it was last last year yeah that we're having a fourth of July celebration and it he ended up bringing up that if my wife and I, or she was my fiance at the time, were going to come over, he wanted to request that we maybe watch our PDA because we have younger cousins. And I lost it. I was just like, I've been coming around for however long. Like, this isn't my first girlfriend. I act no different PDA-wise towards this the woman partner as I did with my ex-husband. So this clearly is an issue that you have with my sexuality, which you're bringing up. And so he wanted to have a conversation after I cooled myself down because I was very fired up all of this. I had a conversation with him. He tried to express his feelings and say, well, it's my house. It's my rules. If you're going to come over, this is just what I'm requesting. And I said, okay, you know what? That's great. It is your house. It is your rules. But if that's your house and your rules, my fiance and I will no longer be attending family events at your house. I said, because I will not 
filter myself or go in an environment where I feel like I can't be who I am. And he didn't like that. And he was just like, well, but you're part of the family and I wish you were part of the family. And I said, well, I will continue to be a part of the family. I said, and I will go to events at my other aunt and uncle's house and at my grandparents and at my mom's house because nobody else has asked me to filter who I am. But if things are happening at your house, we just will not attend. I said, and that's, yeah, that's why I stood very strong in that. And he was like, well, I need to think more on this. So you do what you need to do. I said, I know what I'm going to do. You do whatever you need to do. He came back a couple weeks later and asked if we could have another conversation. And I said, okay. You know, I was still pretty upset by the situation. I was like, hear him out. We had a conversation and he ended up apologizing. He said he was sorry that he put me in that position. He said he even spoke to like, because they're Catholic too, spoke to his priest and some of the people at their church and said that the feedback he got was that we need to be loving and we need to be accepting and we need to accept people for who they are. And he said that, again, I'm family and family was more important than anything else. And so he just wanted to apologize and invite us back to any events and would be okay accepting me for who I am and how my wife and I present. So, and then his wife, so like my aunt, really apologized about it all too. And she was like, I feel terrible. She's like, but I'm also thankful because she's like, in this situation, you pushed us to grow. You pushed us outside our comfort zone and you made us self-reflect. And she's like, I feel like I created a new level of self-awareness and grew in this situation. So again, I feel that when women come out, we are so afraid of our families and we're so afraid to be who we are and to stand up for who we are. But I think that sometimes when we do situations like that happen, we push other people outside their comfort zones. We make them self-reflect and sometimes good can come. So, yeah, that's an awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, it's a great story. story. (laughs) So tell us about how you met your wife and just that whole process. So that was a crazy story, too. I'm also a very huge romantic, believe in true love, deep love. Yeah, I'd been dating. I had a few different relationships. Some were like a month or two long. I had another relationship with the girl that was about like nine months, but it ended. I just I met women on dating apps or Instagram. There's a big lesbian population on Instagram. But I met my wife on Bumble and I had dated women that lit like my girlfriend prior. There was like nine months lived in California. So it was long distance. There's very definitely stereotypical lesbian date type scenarios with long distance dating, and packing up and moving across country and all of that stuff. But yeah, so after we broke up, I just started looking again and yeah, connected with my now wife on Bumble. And it said on Bumble that she was like five miles away. And so like one of the first things I was like, where do you live? I was like, because this says you're five miles away. Do you actually live here? Were you coming through town or what was going on? She's like, oh, no. She told me the road shifts off. I'm like, okay, that's that literally like down the street from me. And so, you know, we talked a little bit and just asked to meet up. And I, I was actually very burned out on dating at this time i was just like you know what there's always going to be somebody that just happens to like you don't come out as a late lifer and join a dating app or who happens to go from being in a relationship and ready to put themselves back out there again but i had dealt with a lot of like hot and cold and women standing me up or saying they wanted one thing and acting in a different way i was like just very at like a i'm not expecting anything out of this kind of a scenario so she still gives me a hard time about this and 
So we said we're going to meet up. I was like, yeah, you know, sounds great to meet up. She did tell me she was married to a man and had gotten divorced and had a couple kids. And so I was like, oh, I was like, if anything, we have something in common of coming out later in life. The least we could probably just like be friends. It'd be somebody that we could talk to about, you know, similar experiences. So that's what she gives me a hard time about. She's like, oh, you know, we could just be friends. (laughs) But we met and it was just one of those situations where it was like a knowing. And so this is another thing, too. When I met my ex-husband. I walked in, I hugged him, and there was something that I just knew. Like, I left that date with my ex-husband, and I called my mom, and I was just like, there's something about him. You know, I really like this guy. And it was like the knowing with him. And so when I was dating women, I kept waiting for that same feeling. I'm like, if I could feel that way towards a man, I feel like I could at least feel that way. Like, I need to feel that way towards a woman, too. And when I met her, like, when we hugged, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, that was such a good hug. And I remember feeling that same way. I had that feeling. And it was also just this calmness. Like, there wasn't stress and there wasn't anxiousness. And there wasn't this questioning of, does she like me? Does she not like me? She was just, it was just very easy and very relaxed in I don't know, you know, just very, very quickly fell for her. And I also had the mentality when I met her, I think I even told her on our first date, I was like, hey, just so you know, like, I don't have any intention of ever getting married again. You know, I did it once. I don't feel like I have any desire to do it again. I don't really know why we need to get a paper to make it legal. I was like, I feel like I could be perfectly fine just living life with somebody. And then that could change very quickly. I was the one that proposed to her. I wanted to be married. And so I proposed eight months. And then we got married. Well, we've been married for a year. It will be together three years. We've been together almost three years. We'll be three years in September and we'll be married for a year and all. So it was a period of time that we were together. But it was. It was just one of those, like, when you know, you know. And it was crazy. Like, everything I ever dreamed and wanted to have in a partner, I ended up having with her. And just the way we talk, the way we communicate. Yes, we'll get upset with each other, but our ability to talk and work through it and to stay calm and to hear each other out and just the dynamic we have and the love that we show. It was like the fantasy I had in my head of like, if I could have a perfect partner, like this is what it would be. And it's like, that's what I have with her without either one of us really trying. It's just, we are who we are, but in being who we are it's like we're just this perfect match for each other and i don't know i'm so like thankful for that but it was and i will say it was scary to get married again i still remember even being nervous on our wedding day and leading up to it because there's still that fear that fear of like Iris already in one marriage and it ended and so what if i'm in another marriage and it ends too but I think that was definitely some of that fear and that grief that I had to overcome because I knew this was the right person for me, but it was scary to go through it again. So I think that that's something that people may also feel in process if they end up in that same situation. But uh, yeah, so once we got to know each other and talk through things, we had very similar stories, being late lifers, things that we did in ways that we acted and experiences that we had. They were like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. It was like living like parallel lives. And we did also find out we grew up next to each other. We've been like circling around each other our entire lives and never crossed paths until we met on the dating app. Her 
ex-husband actually went to the same high school that I went to and didn't know. Like we were in band together and probably at some of the same band competitions, but clearly didn't know each other. We had some like similar mutual friends or people that we knew, but like never crossed paths. So yeah, it's just very interesting to have all of these similarities and never meet until we did. It was like it was like we met at just the right time that we needed to meet. So Yeah, that's wow. That's yeah, fascinating. I, was like, I mean, for someone to live five miles away mm-hmm. and to then find out also that they grew up in that same area, what are the chances? Yeah. And that's where I said that's where I'm like, I believe in soulmates, in mm-hmm. fate, in all I was like, I think that so much of our lives we had to go through separate before we were like truly ready to meet and come together and have the relationship that we do so mm-hmm. wow that's such a great story <laughs> thanks and i know now like you have you have the website the late mm-hmm. you have a free workshop on there which i've watched and really oh he did okay it, yeah it was really good that's um, the amp soon too just so oh you know. okay. yeah but yeah i have some some things in the work but go ahead yeah and then the mini course the 12-week program can you kind of well I'm kind of curious actually how you decided because I don't know if you have another career or job and this is something you're doing on side or what but I'm just like got the idea to start this and how it's going and then also if you could tell us a little bit about those programs because yeah. I imagine some people listening to this would probably be interested of course so shortly after I came out I started sharing my story on YouTube because I looked for resources. I looked for support. I didn't find a whole lot. And I felt very kind of alone in all of it, which I feel like so many people do. I think it's getting better, but I think many women feel very alone in going through all of this. And so I just decided to start sharing my story and my process on YouTube and on my Instagram. It's kind of both. And in the process of doing that, I kept having so many women reach out and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm going through the same thing. I'm married to a man. I've realized I'm a lesbian. Your story, your videos, everything are helping me so much. And the more and more people that kept coming out and talking to me about this, I was like, everyone's going through the same story. Everyone has gone through like the same process. There's very key things that we go through and process through. And so the 12-week support program, the course, is something that I just launched a few months ago. And I just decided it's basically everything reoccurs, every process that we go through. And I was like, I just need to put this all together into a program and to give women support who are going through this. But in addition to sort of like, so it's 12 week program, there's a weekly video course that addresses one of the topic areas of coming out later in life. And then there is a group chat where you can connect with other members in the program and talk and chat and get feedback, share what's going on. And then there's a weekly live group meeting with me. You come on to share how you're doing, ask questions. It's just, it's really like a support group for going through this. And yeah, I just, I felt there was a need for it. I feel like there's not really anything else out there that does specifically this. Of course, so many women are in therapy and in counseling, and that's great. I think that that is so important as well, but it's not specific to coming out later in life. I feel like only women who have gone through this truly understand what it's like, truly under all of the grief and the guilt and the emotion and all of that. So at the folder level of like empathy and understanding of 
what it's like to go through this. And so that's just kind of where I was like, okay, I think we need something to offer women who are going through this to get an extra level of support to be successful, to be confident, to feel reassured about their decision. That when you have those moments of going, well, I'm missing my husband or I'm questioning some of this. Is this normal? Am I crazy? To have a support system right there to go to help you through that. And so, yeah, that's what the 12-week program offers. There's a free Facebook group right now that's not as moderated. It's just more for women to come in and kind of connect with each other and chat. But yeah, the program is where you get like that higher level of support. I have a mini course, How to Know You're Truly a Lesbian, which addresses some of those things of, I know people will question that for a long time. Like, how do I actually know that I'm truly a lesbian and this isn't just a phase or a curiosity? And so I go through some kind of some key ways to tell you're a lesbian. It's not just a a phase. (laughs) Newsflash. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that yesterday, I think, on your website. And I was like, I mean, I'm pretty confident at this point that I am, but I'm kind of curious to take that just, you know, so I might do that. And at some point I'll probably join the program as well. Yeah. So people can learn more about that at thelatelifelesbian.com. Yeah. And then you're on TikTok. I guess you said YouTube as well. Yeah, I'm, I haven't been making as many YouTube videos. Like I said, this offering this program has sort of been my focus. I do currently have another job and life is a mom. So life is busy. And I definitely see like the program is where people will get the most benefit. And so that's been my primary focus lately. So the YouTube videos are there and I might at some point get back to making some more. But yeah, that's where I started. Instagram is the late life lesbian. TikTok is the late life lesbian. I'm definitely posting more on TikTok and the Instagram, just short little reels and videos to kind of address little snippets of this journey and process. And yeah, and the website. Well, I really appreciate your time today. And yeah, I think this is a good one of my first few episodes that I'll be releasing. I think this is a good kind of overview for people who are going through this process. So. I really appreciate it. Of course. I've been happy to share and to be here. Appreciate you asking. I invite you to dive deeper into conversations from this podcast. Join our community on Slack. Here, you can connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, and engage in meaningful discussions. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be answered on the podcast. Together, let's build a supportive space and shape the future of the show. Join us at lesbianest.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.